if you're a niche player, you better have a great story. Yeah. Your, your product better do something incredibly better than everybody else's. Now, it could be an incredibly better price. That's a, that's not a great strategy. Yeah. It should be an improvement um, that that is, is really worthwhile for them to take the risk on you. Mm-hmm. So um, understanding the end user and then how your niche item or a couple items um, improves upon their use case, that's the story at the end of the day. You've yeah. got to be able to tell it. Hey, retail fans, welcome to Retail Oriented. I am your host, Mike Fowler. I'm the VP of Retail Sales at Sales Factory. I love to talk to people and learn about this channel uh, in my spare time. And that is where this podcast came from. So we're gonna learn all kinds of really interesting things about the retail channel, whether it's online or in-store, all the distribution methods, all the different retailers. We may even learn some acronyms. It's gonna be a lot of fun. To start us off, we've got a wonderful guest. Jed King is the CEO of Sales Factory. He is also a professor at Wake Forest. Go Deeks. Jed, welcome (laughs) to the show. Glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks for being here. Um, We're going to learn a lot. We're going to dive in to our first episode, talking a lot about assortment and understanding how consumers are making their decisions, how to get the right assortment at retail and how to partner with your retailer to grow their business and your business. So Jed, with that little intro, let's, let's jump right in. How do you start the process of making a decision on the right assortment for a retailer? Well, my, my answer to probably every question today will be <laughs> talk to the end user, yeah. uh, see what they care about because assortment planning, while it involves lots of things like inventory and margin and those things, it really is it's important to understand what the end user needs and wants. Yeah. And so how do you start that process, right? So if you're brand new to this, you're a manufacturer that's out there, you've never sold through the retail channels, how do you talk to end users and how do you understand kind of what's driving their decision? when they walk through the door of a retailer? Well, there's lots of ways. There's formal and informal ways. You know, when I was growing up, my dad dragged me to stores my whole life. And, um, and we, we, you know, I thought everybody went to true value seven times a week, but uh, (laughs) it turns out we were doing work and, um, and that was observing what was going on in the store. And that didn't cost any money. That just took time. Yeah. Um, my poor kids have done the same thing as, as they've grown up. And so that's, that's a great way to start walk stores. Yeah. And and just see what's going on. You could look at inventory levels. You could look at what products are in stock at different retailers. You can see people selecting products. You can ask people in the aisle, you know, the people that work in the stores, you know, what do you think is the best product? You can you can learn a ton just from that. Beyond that, you can do actual formal qualitative research, and then um, you know, my favorite is quantitative research because you can get to yep. actionable numbers. Yeah, that's really interesting stuff. We were talking off camera before we got started about store walks. I was dragging my son to retailers <laughs> all weekend, shopping a particular category, just trying to understand like how is the experience in the store. A lot of times when I'm looking, I'm looking at things like price progression. Are there gaps? Is there a need for innovation in a category? What are some of the things that that we're seeing when we're doing store walks and kind of proving things out, developing hypotheses in the qualitative or the the qualitative phase? So I think you can learn a lot about different brand strategies from looking at what they're doing, the product offering, features, benefits, uh, what they're charging for those, what they're charging compared to the competitors. But there's a there's a really important thing that we forget because we're so in the business. The end user generally doesn't know what things cost. Consumers, for sure, DIYers, 
Um, you know, you buy a hammer once in your life. You don't really know what a hammer should cost. Sure. Pros a little uh, less so. They know um, often because they're in the stores quite a bit. But still, they don't really know like we know because we're working on the line the whole time. Yeah. So there's lots of opportunities to um, get people to buy in different ways. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about kind of a competitive analysis, right? So everybody kind of talks about competitive analysis, competitive landscape. People use different terms for it. But talk a little bit about that specifically as a manufacturer, your direct competitors in that same category, but also across retailers and online and how you have to approach a competitive analysis these days, because it's way different than it used to be. It's not just the guy sitting next to you on the shelf. It's it's a much broader range with everybody walking in the stores with their phones. Right. So. Well, it's incredibly different. It's even changed in the last couple of years. Um, you know, the pricing is done dynamically by market, sometimes by store. So you can't just go to one store and say, hey, I know what Home Depot is doing. Right? Yeah. You have to go to all the stores. So that's that's a challenge. Uh, online is also dynamic and it depends on on you, where you are, your IP address, lots of other things. So you have to be cautious with that. Um, the flip side is the tools are way better. Yeah. We can see what's going on online. We can see what's going on with search. We can see volume, we can see price, we can even pretty, get pretty close to seeing margin online. Mm. So you, you take those tools and you combine them with uh, store walks that are you know across the country, you can start to see what's going on with, with your business as well as your competitors' businesses. And that's a great way to start. Um, you know, we get asked for market sizing a lot. It's the same idea yeah. rolled up into what's going on overall in a category. Yeah. So kind of taking that big picture of a category in is really important when you're thinking about, okay, what do I develop for this particular research or for this particular retailer? It's also important to keep in, in mind, consumers are different from retailer to retailer, how they shop, all that kind of thing. So talk a little bit about how one assortment for one retailer may not fit another whether that's a big box or, you know, a co-op or farm channel or whatever it is. Well, I think the easiest way is to look at extremes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> take a big box like Lowe's and then take Walmart. Um, you know, uh, everybody shops both. But when you're in Walmart, you might be buying groceries with your family if you're a pro mm -hmm. and you might pick up a tool um, just to fill in for something so you don't have to go to another store. Meanwhile, if you're a pro and you go to Lowe's, it's probably early in the morning and you've got a plan and you're buying what you need and you're probably not with your family. So yeah. so it, it really depends. You're going to have different assortments based on whatever the occasion is likely to be. Yep. And so and then when you get the DIYers, they're shopping everybody. So you have to have the assortment planned accordingly for them as well. Yep. They just behave so differently depending on what their mindset is, right? Like, yeah. like everybody, yep, you know, that's pro, exactly right. pros are consumers also, right? We always kind of talk about that. And that's really, really important to keep in mind as you're developing your assortment to get it right for them. What's their mindset? What are they looking for when they're in your retailer? I want to talk a little bit about um, different manufacturers and how they approach the assortment deal. Because we, we work with a lot of manufacturers from really big, broad lines have a lot of stuff to pretty niche items, right? So if you're a really small manufacturer and you have some niche products, how do you approach a, a Lowe's or a Home Depot versus a really big manufacturer? How do, how do they, how do they approach that desire to be in these retail channels? If you're a niche player, you better have a great story. Yeah. Your, your product better do something incredibly better than everybody else's. Now it could be an incredibly better price. That's a that's not a great strategy. Yeah. It should be an improvement 
um, that that is is really worthwhile for them to take the risk on you. Mm-hmm. So um, understanding the end user and then how your niche item or a couple items um, improves upon their use case. That's the story at the end of the day. You've yeah. got to be able to tell it. Yeah. What about big guys? Big, big manufacturers, they got a ton of SKUs, a ton of items out there. I want to talk a little bit about kind of a sacrifice strategy and how do they get the right assortment um, and develop a long-term relationship with their retailer? You use the word sacrifice and that's a often a rare uh, thing and because we want all our products in every store, right? So, um, so it's really important that the retailer believes you are working for them. When you're working for the retailer and they know that, um, they're, they're going to listen to you and they're going to work along with you. If you get a line review called on you because you're the incumbent and you have all the SKUs, mm-hmm. it's probably because they don't believe in you anymore and you, you're going to have a lot of work to get out of that hole. So to me, you got to act like you work for whatever retailer yeah. uh, that you're talking to and not only act, but actually do it yeah. right and give them the right advice uh, to build their business. By the way, we're going we're in a weird comp environment right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had incredible comps up until now. And even the comps uh, earlier today from some of the retailers were surprisingly good. Yep. How long can we keep this up? So it's going to get tougher and tougher. So everybody's going to have to work together to make the businesses go. Yeah. By the way, if you're listening to this at home, we're late August 2022. So that's kind of the time frame that Jed's talking about in, in terms of comps. And you said something really interesting kind of regarding the long game and, and developing a relationship with a retailer. You have to act like you're going to do it. Then you have to really do it. They have to believe and trust in you. Right. So everything about choosing your assortment and getting, uh, you know, developing consumer understandings that you're presenting to your retailer and making sure that you're hitting all those right things. It's all about developing that relationship. It's about growing their business, which will in turn grow your business, right? So if you're a manufacturer, the, the, the name of the game is how do we grow our business at, businesses together? How do we develop that partnership? So really interesting stuff. Jed, thanks for coming on. Uh, While I have you in the hot seat, I'm not going to let you go so easily. I want to ask you a couple kind of rapid fire questions. So I'm going to just fire off a couple. You just say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. First one is, what's your strategy for navigating big box when you are the shopper? So when you're a shopper in the store? Um, that's a tough one, Mike, because I spend so much time observing in stores. Yeah. And so even if I go to a store to, for a project on a weekend, um, I usually have family in tow and, sure. um, we're usually doing a store walk simultaneously. And so, um, so usually I walk the categories that I love and that I'm working in. Um, and then eventually I get to my to-do list that usually costs me money because as I'm walking <laughs> these other categories, I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. I might buy that. Yeah. Right? And so, um, so again, back to my poor, my poor family, they got to do this. So going to a Home Depot or Lowe's takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they better, they better bring some water. Um, yeah, totally understand that. Uh, it is oftentimes cost me money walking stores with my family. And then at the end of the time I walk out of there and I forget what I actually came for. Right. So that's happened to me a bunch. Too. Right. And, and, and it's also hard. <laughs> it's hard on a good, better, best selection because I'm analyzing what are they trying to cause me to do? Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, all right. One more question question what's a jingle that stuck in your head from childhood <laughs> um i've heard about this question before mike and <laughs> so uh well, one because my dad could sing and he sang it all the time was the gerber jenny rebecca song and the reason i remember it is my sister was named after the song so, nice so i love that one that's awesome that hits close to home <laughs> um all right 
If you could give any piece of advice to somebody that's trying to break into retail, they're a manufacturer, they're trying to figure out their assortment and get into retail, what's, what's that one piece of advice? Oh, one of my favorite experiences, it was at Home Depot, is uh, I walked in the room and the merchant said, oh, Jed King's here, we're going to learn about the consumer today, <laughs> right? And I think he was making fun of me. Um, he turned out to be an executive, so it worked out. But um, to me, that's the game plan. Understand the end user, come in and, and help them while you're helping the retailer, and that's, that's it. So uh, I don't think you can ever lose going that way. It may take a little longer, but you'll get there. Yeah. And follow the process, right? Understanding that that consumer is, is step one in the process. So yep. Jed, thanks a lot for being here. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yep. I'm sure we're going to ask you to come on again sometime in the future. So get ready for that call. <laughs> I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. We're going to be t uh, covering a ton of retail topics, um, everything from acronyms to assortment, distribution. We're going to have a ton of guests on, but we always want to hear from you. So if you've got a guest or a topic that you want us to cover, please reach out to us. Go on our website, salesfactory.com and submit a form there, or you can email me directly, mike.fowler at salesfactory.com. We would love to hear from you guys and we want to hear what you want to hear about. Um, so with that, thanks everybody for joining us. And remember in retail, it's all about selling in and selling through.